At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. everyone and welcome back to another episode of not your average conversations not your average perspectives not your average black girls yeah we back again not your average black girls mm. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was different about that one wow guys i'm really running out of a it was giving I, me like salt and pepper vibes for some she was some gonna reason. go into like more bars like i thought it was gonna keep going yeah, i don't rhyme cool. well on the spot I'm a oh, writer. Okay. I'm not oh, a freestyle. Okay. Everybody, everybody can't do freestyle. You can write them down for next time. That's okay. Ooh, that requires effort. Okay, guys. So <laughs> we are back with another exciting topic for you all. No, today's topic is not, is Jordan the next up and coming Nicki Minaj? We're going to talk about the Tinder swindler. The Tinder swindler? Tinder? I just want you to know nobody thought that was the topic, but go ahead. Hate already. (laughs) That's why y'all know I'm the next up. I already got haters. So um, yeah. So if you have not seen this pretty pretty interesting documentary that's on Netflix, um, it tells the story of a young diamond prince from the country of Israel, and it talks about just his adventures in love and life and everlasting on the dating app known as Tinder. No, I am kind of dramatizing that or fantasizing it. Really, he was on there scamming the mess out these girls, okay? He was really in there playing all the cards, running a single man Ponzi scheme, which was the first time I had ever seen that. I mean, obviously, it was not difficult to, to I guess, kind of call out and realize like, oh, wow, this, this is a Ponzi scheme. He's got to take from one to pay the other. But, I mean, he kind of had it down to a T. But then also, too, this shows some of the disparities and um, I'll say gaps in the law, right, for other countries, for international countries. Because, um, spoiler alert, he is now out of jail. I think he was only in jail for five months in total. And another spoiler alert, this man lives to Tinder another day. Yes, he is still on Tinder. Yes, he is now on TikTok. I looked at his app the other day. I looked at his profile literally yesterday. This man is in a jet doing business still till this day well, um, and, and living the good life go ahead Meg let me reject and say that I think as of today today is February 10th when we're recording this um I did see in headlines that I think either as of today or yesterday tinder has banned him okay. so he is off of tinder and um articles have said they have yet to confirm if that tiktok is him or if that is just someone who has a lot of, you know, um, footage of him in the archives. His really? ex-girlfriend, who they said was his girlfriend at the end of the documentary, they've broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that the only social media account that she knew him to have was Instagram and that that page is gone. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we well, can't confirm or deny. Allegedly, he is on TikTok, I was looking in the comments and he was responding to people. Allegedly, the alleged profile that could be him. 
Um, but Megan is right. That could be anybody who is responding as him. Nonetheless, this whole Tinder situation, this whole like Tinder scamming um, has really taken social media, I think, a little bit by storm just because I heard some buzzwords uh, in the midst of that documentary, one being emotional coercion. That was a new one. I've seen people on Twitter have the conversation surrounding financial abuse. Those were new words for me. And these were all concerns that I think came out of the exposure given through this this documentary. So I'll just kind of pinpoint it right there or not pinpoint it, but just pin it right there. I don't know if I kind of went into detail enough about the specifics of what happened. But if you haven't put it together, basically, he was meeting women on Tinder, pretending to be the heir of um, a diamond family family like a, a diamond dynasty and then he would show them a really great time fly them out private jets you know private parties vip here caviar there and then about a month or two into the relationship he would then all of a sudden run into some life-threatening occurrence and need their help financially and he would come up with this entire scenario as to why he could not use his own personal funds and why he needed their funds which led these women into a series of practices of just, you know, irresponsible borrowing. They would borrow loans for hundreds of thousands of dollars to give to this man just for him to spend it on the high life and the same impression um, in these lifestyle photos that he used in order to hook them. And really, he was using their money to hook the next one. And that's just kind of how he he lived out his days while he was the, the diamond prince, as he called himself. So that, that, that's kind of the facts. And I will for real, for real pin it right there. And I'll let you two ladies carry it away. Uh, yeah. So like the other two ladies on here, I did watch the documentary. Um, you know, I, I went in with an open mind because I was trying not to judge these young women (laughs) because, you know, I know most of us have made mistakes or done stupid stuff behind a man. Um, where it kind of went left for me was I was like, I just think he was just such a master manipulator. And these women were just so easily swayed because how he did it, you would not have thought initially that he was having money issues. Excuse me, let me clear my throat. You would not have thought that because with the first date with that one girl being on a private jet, So it's like, of course, if a man takes you on a first date on a private jet to another country or whatever, the last thing on your mind is like, oh, he's a scammer. He don't have no money. Right. And so then he he plays up this narrative of I'm in danger. (laughs) You know, I'm in danger. People are after me. You know, that was his that was his go to. Okay, And he kept sending that same picture of Peter with that blood on his head (laughs) to every single woman like oh they got peter he's been hurt like he really like i'm gonna give him credit unfortunately but he he really thought this through as far as how to make it look like you know i don't have access to my money i'm being you know attacked this is happening that's happening everything's falling apart i desperately need you to help me right so what i found interesting in it why why i question this i'm like so this didn't raise any red flags in y'all's mind when okay you gave him money the first time probably shouldn't have done it but you did it because you thought he was in danger right so i'm gonna give you a pass you gave this man twenty five thousand dollars that seemed to be the average going rate right and so i was like okay you did it the first time well then you don't think it's strange that he keeps coming back and asking you for more money and then every time he posts to pay you back he doesn't pay you back like i'm like girl at some point 
<laughs> you got to ask a question like what's really going on here because for that one girl i think the first girl I'll, don't quote me i think she ended up in like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt behind this yes, man yes. and so i'm like that's a lot a lot a lot i mean that's that's a house okay that's just the loan money too so who knows yeah, how with much the, without interest with the interest yeah. she's gonna end up paying it's insane and she'll be probably sadly spending the rest of her life paying that money back and this man you know was able to just serve five months and walk away so i'm glad this was created because it does kind of show like the issues with the legal system with these kinds of cases and you know this new era of scamming because we have the internet and social media and all this kind of stuff but y'all i just like i said i'd be trying not to be judgmental because i know we all have done some stupid shit but i was like damn girl like that man once you didn't get paid back that first time You know what I'm saying? Like, once you get my money back that first time, it would have been over for me. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I ain't got it like that. I can't help you. But see, I think that that's where the whole, like, master manipulator card comes into play, right? Because I was saying the same thing. Like, when I read the description on Netflix, um, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, how y'all let him, you know, swindle (laughs) y'all into getting all this money out for him like how was he able to do it and then watching it I kind of see like you know there really was a method to his madness like that putting all the cards on the table from the beginning you know the fact that I'm taking you on my private jet for our first date right then and there we got to be honest here if any of us was on a man's private jet for a first date in your mind it's really probably no question as to whether or not he really has money because, I mean, he he's showing you he has money. Your average person don't have a private jet. And so I feel like, you know, in the case of, what was her name? Cecilia? Cecile? The, the first girl. For those of you who haven't seen it, the first woman you'll be intro- introduced to. I feel like in her case, she just believed it because it was like, of course he has money. Like, you know, I, I've seen it. I've lived it with him. Yes, he has money, but I paid close attention. Um, and I just saw it today. So I feel like a lot of the details are real fresh. Um, When she first went and got that credit card in her name for him, he sent her like proof, I think within days of him maxing it out, of him paying it off. So I feel like that right there is how he got her in terms of the loans because she saw proof of like, okay, well, he asked me to get the credit card and then I went and I paid it off. So we're good. Um, Yeah. And she just wasn't thinking, I feel like moving forward, with the loans, like, to just keep doing it. And, baby, I'm scary. So, where he would have lost me was going to get that 25000 in cash and get on that plane. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Security would have pulled me, not for the cash, but for the nervousness I would have displayed going through the airport. It would have been like, no, nah, she up to something. She is too nervous. Uh-uh, I'm sorry. So, I, I definitely agree with what you just said, Megan. I think my overall viewpoint not only is it a combination of what the two of you said, but it's a little bit more in reverse as to who I'll give lenience to out of his victims. And I'm more so to be a little bit more lenient on the second chick than I am the first one, only because the second one had established a friendship, right? And she had known him over a longer period of time where all he did was foot the bill when they were together. So maybe it's just, you know, the... I don't know the, the I don't want to say the Britney Renner in me, but you know, the city girl in me, right? But if you take me on a private jet and we over here looking at $11 million, you know, penthouse apartments, and then the next sentence out your mouth is, can I borrow? N- n- no, 
No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you cannot borrow. <laughs> and and this is just the facts. Where is your money? Where is your mom and dad with their money? Like those are the questions we need to to have answers to. So the first chick, like I get it, you're right. He did have the symbols of someone who does have the money and the financial means. Yeah, he, said, too. he set the scene. He did. He did. He he definitely laid the groundwork, um, laid the foundation. He did everything he needed to. But I would still say for someone who like didn't really know him over a long period of time, because I think the first girl, I think it was only like maybe like three months or something. That's a whirlwind of a relationship in three months to automatically, well, I won't say automatically, but to eventually find yourself at the point of trying to move in, quote unquote, together and him telling, I love you. And, you know, I want you to be my wife three months. Like, don't get me wrong. We could be talking about being in a relationship potentially, but we talk about moving in and getting married after three months. That's a lot. And then like, he's not even there all the time. Right. But you know, she was the one that was big on that fairy tale stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And looking for yeah. love. Yes, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I think that's the, the main culprit here is that Every every predator knows their prey, right? And you're looking for people who are looking for something. And I believe somebody on the show, one of the detectives or something said, well, if something is too good to be true, then more than likely it is. And essentially that's what it was with him. And I think that first girl for sure, at least with the second girl, it was more so just friends. It wasn't like he had been telling her sweet nothings, you know, the whole time they had been kicking it, it was just a friendship level. And he was always coming through as the friend who could cover the tab. Then for one time him to say, Hey, look, I need some money. I could, I, now that I could see being like, Oh damn, like here's a friend. We've been, you know, cool for about a year or so now. Every time I hang out with him, he shows me an amazing time. And now he's coming to me and needs, you know, 10 grand. Now I still wouldn't do it. That'd be the end of that friendship. But (laughs) I could see her being a bit torn and being like, damn, let me go figure out how to get this money by tomorrow. But you right? know, he's where, the epitome of I gotta figure out a way to get this money by tomorrow. Where that, where that girl lost me, that second girl, was when she said she had been living with her mom and she was saving up for an apartment. And she was like, I have, I, 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 Megan, Megan just watched it, so she might remember the exact number, but I thought she said like 30 grand or something like that. Yes. And she was like, All I had was 30 grand in my savings account or something like that. And I had to decide, do I want to, you know, get an apartment or do I want to save my best friend? I said, bitch, you get me an apartment. That's <laughs> first, of all, first of all, I don't know what apartment you trying to get that you couldn't have gotten by now with that money in your savings right. account. Which is Let's true. About that that Which part. Is true. <laughs> but secondly, I already told y'all, friend or lover, if you start a sentence out in my phone with can I borrow and it ain't $8 or under 20 <laughs> we got some problems. I got a problem with you, and you finna have a problem with me. Dead ass. Listen, doing <laughs> if I got $30,000 and I got my mindset on getting me an apartment, it must be hell of an apartment. And my only response is gonna be, I gotta put me first. No. I gotta put me first, no. Dead ass. I'm gonna be like, why? Why? No. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. It, it would have been, I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have had a man in my past ask me for money. It was the first and the very last time. But no lie, I had a man, and this was when I was single and, you know, ready to mingle. And I was dating, and I was dating this guy. Y'all, I wouldn't even really classify it as dating because we only went out like twice. And he wasn't really communicative. So I had basically assumed that, you know, there was just nothing there and we were going to go our separate ways. And y'all, I hadn't talked to this man in probably two months. 
this man hits me up with a text and he says, babe. And so I'm looking at the text and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, he's talking to me? Like, I, thought he, I was like, this must be the wrong person. And so I kind of waited a while to see if he was going to say like, oh, my bad or something like that. But he never did. So I said, yes, question mark. Because I was real confused. So he was like, do you think you could, um, you think you can loan me a hundred dollars, uh, right quick? Nope. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the casino. I'm at the casino. Hell no. I'm, I'm losing, but I'm, I'm going to win this next hand. Well, I tell y'all, I swiped and hit delete so fast. It's I was like, I know this nigga did sir. not. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to win the next hand. No, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> Like, I know you did not, but y'all, that's real life. That's what happened. That was just a hundred dollars. I wasn't giving it. He was, was fighting for his life in that casino, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I gotta get this next one." Oh goodness! He probably hit up. He probably hit up ten different women. Y'all have a problem. If you down bad like that, you have a problem. I'm saying it here to your face on this podcast. <laughs> Go get some help. Your family will love you more for it. That is ridiculous. My mama say don't give a man no money. <laughs> no, don't. Literally, I'm telling you, don't give a nigga no, I mean, don't give no man no money. And that's just that. Like, Period. it's not that deep. So, mm-hmm. let me just move this this story along or this conversation along. Because following the Tinder swindler um, fiasco that social media made it out to be, I saw a thread of women discussing their own experiences with financial abuse, being swindled, being financially pressured by a man they were dating. And so the stories they they talked about included co-signing on vehicles, you know, apartments, sharing leases, things like now that. Now that vehicles one is a big one in the black community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then also too, this one girl said something that really stuck out to me. And she said, and Dice, and Megan, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I sent it to y'all. But she was like, um how you think it can never happen to you but then this one guy like took her to the dealership what was this the same girl was like well he took her to the dealership and then he pressured her and she was like financial abuse is real if he didn't drive your ass to that dealership which i assume he didn't because he was there to get a car I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, I guess I can see being in that type of like fast talking situation. You're the only female. There's a dealer or not a dealer, but a sales rep, whatever they're called, trying to make a sale. Your man wants a car. He knows you're the only one who could do it. I do see how that could be a bit overwhelming, the environment, the charged energy. And I will kind of give you that situation. But, you know, ladies, there is something so powerful about two letters N and O that I don't think we utilize enough or that we tap into. No, I'm dead ass. Like nah, Jordan preaching over here. Say no. And like even when you don't want to, say no. Say no. Close your eyes and say it. Close your eyes and yell it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're afraid, just say it. Because a situation like that, just two seconds or three seconds of being unsure, being intimidated, being afraid, being coerced, being backed in a corner, now can set you up for five to seven to ten years of payments and, you know, financial responsibility that you really have no right being involved in or that you should have never been involved in to begin with. So y'all say no. That's all that car stuff is not a joke because at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When I, when I used to work at a car dealership at one point in my life, I've had a variety of jobs, but that's not the point. When I used to work at a car dealership, I cannot tell y'all how many phone calls I got with women calling and saying, I co-signed on a car for my man or my brother or my cousin, and they ran off with the car or, you know, they're not paying or, you know, anything. And so I'm just, I would feel so bad for them because literally there is nothing that we can do. Like they would call us expecting us to work some miracle. And I'm like, once you sign on the dotted line, we're done. Like our, our business with you is done. You know, like this becomes a legal matter at this point. Like we, we can't help you. And so I don't know if people understand that. And I think this also goes back to like education. So it's like buying a car and co-signing for somebody, that stuff is not a joke. That's very real. And you will be on the hook for some stuff and mess up your credit. Because I'm going to guarantee you the man that you bought that stuff for, he, his credit already jacked up. That's why he couldn't buy his own car. <laughs> so his credit already bad. So he don't care at this point if it goes even, you know, down further downhill because that's what he got you for. Right. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful of that. I'm telling you, I know somebody right now who can't get a car because you signed for somebody else to have a car. Now, at least in this situation, you know, the person is paying. That's not the issue. But the issue is that, you know, they're looking at you and your credit and they don't think you can handle having two cars in your name. So now somebody else has one, but you don't have one. Um, but you, you're right, Dice. I have read a lot of threads on Twitter of a lot of women who have been through that exact situation that you just named, but then also, like Jordan said, like just several stories. And I do think that there's something to be said for, I guess, maybe the lack of empathy that the entire world can have for women who, you know, find themselves backed into a corner having just given and given and given and given of themselves and all of their resources only to realize like, dang, he got me, you know? Um, and, and what's so sad, what's so sad about it to me is like, obviously a lot of people are doing these things in the spirit of like, you know, they're trying to not be like the, the gold diggers that they like to paint us all as, right? You know, they're trying to operate in the spirit of like, a grow together kind of relationship. Like, let me hold him down, you know, while he works on himself. But I think that, you know, for anyone who finds themselves in this predicament or weighing these options, like, I think you should just always take it back to, can you afford to lose X, Y, and Z? That's what my mom always told me when it came to like loaning people money or doing things for people. Like, you know, ask yourself, can I afford to miss out on, you know, even if it's just $20, if this friend don't pay me back this $20, can I afford to never see it again? And I just, you know, advise all of our listeners, whether you're a woman or a man, ask yourself these questions. You know, if I sign for this car, can I afford, can my credit afford for it to go wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I afford for it to be repossessed? Can I afford to never see this money again? Um, and, and try to, you know, put that thought first. I know that, you know, when they singing the sweet, I love you babies and we're going to be together forever, you know, it sound good in the moment, but yeah, it's a shit dream, show though. when it hit the fan. Okay. They, that dream. It, they really are. And, um, but you know what, to bring it back to the documentary though, I think that it just goes to show that like a true master manipulator can get anybody. 
Um, because spoiler alert for people who are listening who haven't seen it, the second girl, as Jordan explained earlier, the second girl who got got, she was a friend. They were not romantically involved. That's how they met was on Tinder. You know, they originally were a match, but she made it very clear in that documentary, like, oh yeah, you know, we had a couple conversations and we met up or whatever, but I really saw him as more of a friend after I like started talking to him more. So they were not even romantically involved. Well, Megan, if he paid more, t- I mean, well, uh, yes, I agree. And also, too, at the end of the documentary, if anybody paid attention, they talk about how a lot of his other victims, the way he scammed them was in different scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I think one mm-hmm. family came forward and was like, oh, he was our babysitter. Another person came forward that. and was like, he stole checks. You know, he wrote bad checks. Mm-hmm. So he just has a history of scamming. Like, city boy, he is a city boy for real, right. for real, for real, right? So I think when you've put that type of time into it and when you've developed that level of skill, then you probably can get anyone. But specifically talking to the ladies here, whenever you have a man who's supposed to be your romantic partner, so not your babysitter, not your coworker, not a friend, but a romantic partner, there are some signs that you need to look out for, especially if he goes from being the diamond prince to the homeless king. Like, that is what we're not going to be doing out here. Don't don't ask mm. me, can I borrow 20 nothing and you just had me on a private jet? <laughs> Hell no. That is crazy. Like, and what's so funny, did y'all pay attention to how, like, with the second girl, I forgot her name. It, it was more than just a party or two. Like, they practically spent that whole summer together, him, her, and the girlfriend. We didn't spend the whole summer together. You shoving out thousands and thousands of Celine's money, right? For me and your girlfriend. And then in the blink of an eye, oh, you know, can I borrow 30,000? What? Like, and he had no shame. Like, he didn't even try to ease into it. Oh, can I borrow 500? You, you know, know what I bet? You know what I bet? He what? probably knew that that 30 was what she had saved up because I'm sure just in the midst of their friendship and her feeling as close and open to him, because that's one thing all the women said is that he was so vulnerable with me. He was so open and da 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 He probably knew that's how much money she had and that's why he asked her for it. And that shit is so sad and so scary. Another yeah. thing I want to say as well too is um, – one comment that his most recent, like the last girlfriend he had before the um, documentary ended or whatever, she was saying that either it was her or it was another one, but oh, no, 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 it was a second chick. They were saying that the amount of money that he was spending did not match up to the amount of money that he had gotten out of the first girl. So that meant that there had to be other victims because he was spending Mm -hmm. way more money than that one girl could provide him. Mm -hmm. And that is the scary part, too. It's like your life is now ruined. In the words of Stewie, ruined, right? Over a man who spent it on caviar and jet fuel and recycled text messages. Mm-hmm. Like, that is crazy. The clothes he likes to wear. And and that's the saddest part of it all is like, can you imagine like being in that situation all to learn that like that the money that you're going to have to pay back for the rest of your life was spent so that niggas could eat a five at a five-star restaurant every <laughs> night you get what i'm saying like that like i Mom felt service. so yeah like i felt so bad for her when she talked about how like she had that moment where she was contemplating like you know swerving off the side of the road or whatever i felt for her in that moment i was like you know what i don't blame you sis like i too would be like almost damn is it even worth it if i found out that's where all my money was going like that's who you like it wasn't even for like not that this would make it better but like it's not like you stole money to like, 
I don't know, rescue your family or something. You get what I'm saying? Like you, you weren't trying to like save the world. Like you did this to me to have fun. Are you kidding? Like I, I would have been destroyed. And think about it. You ain't never met this man's parents. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. It would be one thing if he was saying like, I need this money to provide for me and the family. Cause all of our accounts are frozen. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but F your mommy, I ain't never met them. You have not even met this man's family. Like, you literally did all this off the face in the guise of an Instagram and an experience. Like, it really takes the desire of the flex and, like, the desire of the lavish lifestyle that we now have gotten a taste for, right, in this world to a whole other extreme because it looks bad on him to see what he's willing to do to get it, but it also reveals a lot about those women to show what they're willing to subject themselves to in order to experience it themselves. Well, I think too, even if you take the luxuries, you know, dreams out of it, I think women in general tend to be victimized because women are, you know, brought up to be wives and mothers, you know, that's the typical narrative, right? And like the fairy tale, like the girl mentioned in the documentary. And so I think a lot of women, okay, because I can't speak for all, but I think a lot of women want this love so bad. You know what I'm saying? So even if you take the luxury element away, we just talked about women, you know, co-sign on cars, you know, just everyday women. So I'm like, once you get to that point where, you know, you have a man telling you everything you think you want to hear, you have a man, you know, telling you y'all going to be this, be that, get married, whatever the case may be, you know, and that's something you've been longing for for so long and you think you have it, then in a lot of cases, people are going to do damn near anything to keep it because in that moment they think it's real. You know, and I don't blame them because it feels real. Once you get your emotions involved in something, mm-hmm. it feels real. It feels like this is this is my dream come true. I can't let this slip away. I've been waiting my whole life for this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, I think the sad part is people will blame women and say, oh, well, you were dumb. You stupid. You know, you shouldn't. It's like women don't need to be reminded that they made a bad decision. Yeah. At the end of the day, what y'all need to be checking is these men. <laughs> that's what y'all don't do y'all don't he's definitely terrible people. he's definitely terrible and um i think that that's the saddest part of it all is to know that he's walking the streets as a free man but this this is why it is so important because i agree with you dice like you know people shouldn't ultimately be shaming them they should be trying to help hold him accountable um but the fact that he is a free man because he was so strategic I do think that that's all the more reason for, you know, women to just, unfortunately, you know, you got to put you, genuinely have to put you first. Like, you got to choose you. You have to protect you because, you know, somebody else might not do it. They're not going to do it for you. And then you're um, stuck to pick up the pieces, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that I was talking to one of my friends about it briefly on the phone. And we were saying, like, the sad part is, like, what he did, you know, convincing them to put credit cards in their names, transfer money, take out loans, etc. It's like, it was wrong, but is it illegal? Like, th- that seemed to be the question of the internet, right? It's like, dang, like, he's a shitty person, but where he got y'all at is, you can't be arrested for being a shitty person. So, that is the most unfortunate part about it. So that's why I say people just look out for themselves. But um, I do know that I was reading, and I think that I'm assuming it's either Norway or London. I don't know which authorities, but they are trying to like do what they can to piece together a case on him for the fraud in terms of the fake documents that he turned in, trying to prove that several people, um, such as Celine, 
um, is it Celine or Celine? I don't know, whatever, the first girlfriend um, was an employee, like producing fake um, pay stubs and stuff. And uh, I know a lot of people, the hope is that someone somewhere in there got a loan from a federal place so that federal charges can be brought against him um and that that would be nice i think that would be well deserved um because if he was i mean he was by the he was out of his body when he was in that hostel talking about some it's one star so i mean if he was damn near breaking out in hives from being in a one star place i can only imagine how he would be if he thought he had to be in prison for forever. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is, shout out to Aileen, the last girlfriend we met. I was rooting for Shawty. Like, that's right, girl. You sell them clothes. You get that money. I loved it. Yeah, she was a good one. I felt like she didn't have too much to lose, or she didn't lose too much to be playing around with them clothes because I would have had to sell all that shit for bulk. I need my money now. I need my funds now. I don't got time to drag this out for no long run. Okay. I want my funds back. Um, but she was in there for the shits and giggles. And I, I appreciate that. We needed her. Yeah. I loved how she was texting him. Like when he was like, Oh, I need this. And she was like, Oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. Don't be such a drama queen. <laughs> I was like, Oh, she is great. A trolling him. And I am here for it. Like I loved it. And um, I also loved that. She said like, you know, oh, no, he never thought I would be capable of, like, doing something like this. Like, I love that for her because I often think that sometimes when these kind of men pull these tricks on women, like, they do look at you kind of as, as helpless and defenseless, and they're so in their own head that they never imagine that someone would dare turn against them. So, you know, shout out to the women who, you know, decide they're going to get them a little bit of revenge um, when they're done wrong because I was here for all of it and, um, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like there's room for a part two because I am convinced that that baby mama and that that partner and that bodyguard, I think this is a whole scheme. Like this is bigger than just him. Everybody's in on it because that whole thing with like the baby mama to being one of the names from the case that he did go to um, jail for, that made no sense. You couldn't have forgiven him that quick for all he put you through. So you're in on it. So I'm believing that she was never a victim to begin with. This is a whole scheme that they run on women. So moral of the story is y'all be careful out here. Yes, definitely be careful and, and watching Netflix documentaries. Doing Google is not enough. Every single one of those women was like, the first thing you do when you meet somebody is you Google them. Obviously, the internet has lies out there, just like social media has lies. So Google was not enough. Trust your instinct. Trust your intuition. And once again, the power of no it's super, super strong. If it don't feel right, it ain't. That's just how I feel. If it don't feel right, it probably isn't. Well, all right then, ladies. I think this was a good conversation, a good, you know, a little nice recap. We kept it real cute and petite and quaint. And so I thank y'all for engaging in this discussion with me. If you are listening, if you out there, our listeners, hello, if you out there, I feel like uh, Santana and Carisha when they was talking to D, Santana was like, D, if you out there. Anyway, listeners, if y'all are out there and you want to continue the conversation with us, do not, do not forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes. I mean, on Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple. I say iTunes all the time. We're on Apple Podcasts, okay? So make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that 
that you can get a notice every time a new episode airs. We also have a really cool fancy website that you guys could go look at sometimes. It's www.nyabgpodcast.com. We're also available on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Twitch, and I'm joking, maybe not Twitch, but all those other places. And it's NYABGPod, okay? So y'all keep up with us, follow us, continue the discussion, and let us know your thoughts on today's episode. Until the next one, goodbye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.